It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian Radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to episode 477 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, the chief cohort and crazy, here to bring the facts and fire to your day. And today... I've got my coffee. (laughs) Today on the show, Moon Knight's mental health. Also on the show today, what a fantastic work incentive. But first, today is Monday, May 9th, 2022, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It's Alphabet Magnet Day. I love me some Alphabet Magnets. Alphabet Magnets in my suit. I don't like... That's not not it. I don't like the packs that just have one of every letter, though. Well, yeah, because then that's useless. Right. Like, all that you can do is put is the, the alphabet. alphabet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's boring. I mean, you can write ma or pa <laughs> or Paul. Okay, never mind. Now I feel really dumb because there are a lot of things you can that you write can write. You can write a lot of things. It's yeah. just, if you need two E's, you're done. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of words that have double letters. Uh-huh. Like, we have a... It's not necessarily a, a set of fridge magnet letters, but it's like a learning thing that you click uh-huh. the letters into yep. a thing. My but kids so, have that. So for that, there's only one set. Yeah. And Johnny keeps trying to spell his name, and he just keeps having to get the Z and turn it sideways for hey, the other Hey, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty smart. What a good but, problem uh, solver. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. It's also National Lost Sock Memorial Day. So we're going to just take a minute of silence. For all those lost socks that we're all missing. So someone. Where's the silence? Shh. Okay. All right. (laughs) So someone mentioned to me like, or someone had asked why, um, why don't they ever just get lost in pairs? So we don't have to deal with all these extra socks. And someone else responded, uh, because when they get lost in pairs, you don't know about it. Yeah. So they well, probably, they, they might, <laughs> but you have no idea because they're gone. So I got to tell you, I think that I would rather lose one sock instead of a pair of socks because I question my sanity pretty regularly anyway. And so if I were missing a pair of socks that I knew I had, but there's no proof that I had these socks. <laughs> I could see it becoming this huge, like, <laughs> really overwhelming <laughs> panic of like, I know I had these socks. I know. I, right. You saw me wearing these socks. Right. And I can hear all of my family members right now. No. Every week, just another pair is gone. <laughs> Suddenly your drawer of socks is just like four pair. Yeah. And everyone else, everyone's in on it. Yeah. They just keep stealing the socks. That's really what it one, is. Hide it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tristan says that missing socks turn into Tupperware lids. <laughs> and that is a fact. We're not sure how it happens, but we know it's true. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, how was your week, Mo? Uh, you know what, Matt? 
I don't think that I've said this this year, this school year at all, uh, but it was pretty crappy and I'm not going to lie. And it was teacher appreciation week. Oh, yeah. But you're not a teacher. <laughs> uh, I was good. I like planned on saying that to you at the first moment. <laughs> so just to get your reaction. <laughs> You're enough of a teacher. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> We're going to fight. Librarian. <laughs> you know, you really have been planning that because there yeah. is no, there is nothing here for me to throw at you. <laughs> you purposely cleaned the table knowing All over here. it really is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I sent out an email on Monday to all of the teachers and, you know, like a good staff member, CC'd my principal and the assistant principal on the email, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And was very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not cordial. Well, yeah, very cordial, very kind, very upbeat, very uh, professional and said, hey, teacher friends, just want to let you know this is what's happening in the library. All checkouts will end on March or May 6th. Okay. All books need to be returned to the library by May. What's the following? 13th. 13th. Mm-hmm. On May 16th, I will be sending home late notices to anybody who hasn't turned in a book just so that parents can be looking and that they are also aware of the cost to replace the book. Okay. Got it. Our last day of school is May 26th. Right. Okay. That's 10 solid days. Right. The half, or the half day. The last day is a half day. And then really that last week of school is just like award ceremonies and, you know, just fun. Bunch of goofy nonsense. Yeah. So we've got like less than two weeks of solid school left. So I thought this makes perfect sense, right? Mm -hmm. These dates are okay. They're legitimate. They're reasonable. Furthermore, they are also the dates that the other librarians in the district are also using. I get an email that says, Megan, I don't know why you're trying to close the library early, but this is not going to happen. We're going to push it back a week. Students can check out books through the 13th. Books do not have to be turned into you until the 23rd. And we will be having specials through the last day of school. You will not be closing the library early. You will be participating in our field day and our field trip. Um, and your contract is through June 2nd. So you will have plenty of time to worry about inventory then. Mm -hmm. To which I responded and politely said, I wasn't trying to close the library early. I have all sorts of things planned for the last two weeks of school to include an award ceremony in the library because the last time we had a staff meeting about an award ceremony, she said specials were not to be giving awards to people at the award ceremony. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll do my own award ceremony in the library. Whatever. No big deal. Okay. Didn't respond. Didn't say anything. Okay. This is Monday, Tuesday morning on the announcements. Teachers, please disregard the email from Miss Megan yesterday. Your students will be allowed to check out books through May 13th, and they will not be due until May 23rd. 
Oh, I was livid. I was livid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thankfully, our principal is leaving. So <laughs> next year is going to be different. I told Chris, I said, mm-hmm. had I not known that she was leaving after this school year, I would have walked. I would have been like, cool. Now you can find yourself a new librarian for the last two weeks of school. Wow. I don't need this job that much. <laughs> I thank you. I was livid. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did make me feel slightly better that at least six teachers came into the library at some point between Tuesday and Wednesday. And they were like, wait a second, what is happening? And so I kind of filled them in and they're like, yeah, we're done. We're done. I also did not even exist to her. She did not even speak to me, say hello to me. I walked past her several, several times until Thursday morning when she finally looks at me and says, good morning, Megan. And I was like, good morning. (laughs) Uh, Uh What is your life, Mom? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Between the woman at the DMV and my principal, everybody looks at me and is like, we can run all over this person, but you can't. Christian says, hopefully your principal isn't listening. (laughs) You know, again, she's leaving. So, (laughs) Oh, oh, Matt, then our secretary sent out an email saying, hey, by the way, we're sending a going away or we're putting together a going away gift for the principal and the assistant principal. Anybody who would like to put something in it, feel free. And my immediate thought was a boodle work (laughs) right out the door. Line the toilet with it. I'll put something in there right now. (laughs) I got something I can drop in real quick. (sighs) That felt good. (laughs) Got it off your chest. Yeah. How was your week? Um, Not nearly as eventful as yours. No? Um, We had a a kids... (sighs) Okay. I remember with kindergarten, we went... And they had like a little musical, little half hour musical thing. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done any of them since then. Right. Which was 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. And so. Because of COVID. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so this was the first year back and it's like the first graders and second graders. Does every like set of grades do one of these at the end of the year? Well, they at least have an awards assembly. Okay. Well, this wasn't like awards. It was just. They, just music? They, they, do a, they do a little. A little ditty? little uh, five-song set with a small amount of acting in between. Interesting. So... Um, Is that not a standard thing? It may be a standard thing for your boys. Right, school. but I mean, it's not, it's not like a all across the board. Okay. No. Well, anyway, there was a... Uh, they had a first grade, second grade thing. Um, it was... Um, there's a thing about a sleepover. They did a bunch of different songs about that. And... Um, but Eli was one of the 12 or so students that got picked to read one of the lines. Mm-hmm. And they would go up, because there was only one microphone, they'd go up in like a line of four and each read their line and then go back. But Eli was the only one that actually like articulated it and everyone could hear what he was saying. And he was very like, a, you know, like enthusi- I mean, it was a sentence, but yeah. I mean, he was enthusiastic about it and everything. And um, like... Uh, uh, literally of every other 
one out of 11. His was the only one I could even hear and understand. Oh, and I'm like, I wonder where he gets that from. That's because that's because of jams right there. <laughs> that's because of our our kids program here at uh, at the church that they just had the week before. Yeah. So I was very proud of him for that. Uh, again, because I think I told this I said this last week uh, because he used to be so shy on the stage. Mm. Like it would terrify him. Like he would just run off and cry. Uh, and now he is just very uh, into it, very excited. And he also was helping the girl in front of him read because she has a tough time reading. Aww. And uh, so he was just like, just telling what the line was so she could read it. And uh, it was you know, it was nice. So it made my heart full. It was really fun. Had to stand the whole time because uh, they told us parents would not be allowed in until 6 o'clock. And so... We didn't show up until five minutes till six, and they started letting everybody in at 5.45 when the kids were supposed to show up. So, standing room only by that point. So, uh, yeah, wow. that was fun. Wow. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, that's that's really it. Everything else has been just very, uh, very normal this week. Very chill. I've uh, started intermittent fasting again. But that's like the lack of something happening. I'm not eating sometimes, so <laughs> it's like the reverse of, of something happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day. Stick around. What's up, nerds? I'm Julian Jamar, and this is another episode of Reviews of the Nerds. The Secrets of Dumbledore. The wizarding world is descending into chaos as the infamous criminal Grindelwald is not only forgiven his crimes, but is also thrust upon them as a frontrunner in their upcoming election. Grindelwald's character is now played by Mads Mikkelsen, who looks so much like his co-star Oliver Masucci, I spent more time than I'd like to admit trying to figure out which one was which. Grindelwald has grayer hair. I'll save you some anguish. You're welcome. On the good side, your favorite wizards are back. The magical creatures are my favorite part of this series, and this movie is chock full of them. Newt Scamander is as adorable, quirky, and brave as ever. The world is becoming increasingly dangerous for muggles, so while they hatch their schemes to save the election, Jacob Kowalski is given a wand, so Grindelwald's people will think he is a wizard. That, that's a fun bit. He's so cute. As you may remember, the love of Jacob's life, Queenie, followed Grindelwald into the darkness at the end of the last movie. This storyline has developed quite a lot in this go-round, and that was good. They had a lot of explaining to do after pulling that stunt. Dumbledore is as clever as ever. You get to meet young Professor McGonagall, and Dumbledore awards Hufflepuff points after Newt answers a tricky question during a meeting. It's awesome. The climax is a nail-biter and also has a Marx Brothers-ish suitcase caper that keeps you laughing while you sit on the edge of your seat, wondering how on earth they're going to pull off a victory. Completely brilliant. Once again, I'm Julian Jamar, and this has been another Reviews of the Nerds. You can check out all my reviews on julianjamar.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us. Now it's time for Mo's Fact of the Day. The first historical record of socks dates somewhere between the 3rd and 5th centuries. They were discovered in the 19th century at a dig site alongside the Nile River in Egypt. The socks were woven from red wool. That's kind of hard to say. The socks were woven Woven from from red wool. Yeah, red (laughs) wool and had split toes. And if you're ever in London, you can see them on display at the Victoria and Albert Museum. Split toes, does that mean like? Like uh, like hand gloves almost yeah. for your feet. Blech, yeah, blech. exactly. That grosses me out. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Now it's time for SSA News. We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a blue dilemma card for a future Sunday School Answers pack. All right. This one comes from uh, Amazon. Amazon is ridiculed for trying to motivate Easter Sunday workers with a lackluster raffle. Let me read you the story here. Uh, Amazon workers arriving at one company warehouse on Easter Sunday were greeted with a cheerful message from management. It said, as a holiday, well, it didn't say this yet, as a holiday incentive, uh, there would be a contest and a raffle, and those who picked products above a certain speed would be entered into a drawing to win a goodie bag. The note said, thank all of you for coming on Easter Sunday. Good luck, everyone. And thank you. Big capital letters. The grand prize, the goodie bag, was water or soda plus a candy bar or bag of chips of your choice worth roughly $2. So already, not everybody who's come in to work on Easter Sunday is getting it because it's saying, that you have to meet a certain, you know, picked and packed time frame. Mm-hmm. But even then, once you've met that, you're not automatically getting this $2 goodie bag. You're being put into a drawing with who knows how many dozens of other people for this one prize of a $2 goodie bag with a bottle of water or a soda. And a candy bar or a bag of chips. Not even a candy bar and a bag of chips. Candy or, bar or a bag of chips. Or. It is, so, it is this manager pulled all the change out of their their uh, center console in their car. And they're like, yeah, this will do it. This will make them happy. They went to the vending machine that's down in the lounge. Just got a few things out. Wow. Oh, I don't even need to read the rest of it. The rest is just talking about (laughs) Jeff Bezos is worth billions of dollars, and this is the prize they're giving away. Yeah. I mean, I guess. If you want to be a millionaire, you got to give gifts like Jeff Bezos, right? (laughs) I didn't become a millionaire giving away. $3 $3 goodie bags. Right? And getting a candy bar and a bag of chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, this is just one warehouse run by, you know, nameless people. It's not, you know, Jeff Bezos making this decision. It wasn't an, a company wide thing. But uh, just, <laughs> it's, there's a certain point where incentives become more insulting than nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that level. 
Incentive or insulting? That is the question. Uh, so that brings us to today's blue dilemma card. The dilemma card we'll be adding to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers is... Your hard work has earned you an entry into a raffle to win a goodie bag filled with a soda, a candy bar, and blank. This has been SSA News, sponsored by BackRowGames.com. So many fun things can go in that blank. Oh, yes. All right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we dive into our main topic. Stick around. Here at Love Thy Nerd, emphasize thoughtful content. Visit lovethynerd.com for a host of amazing articles and a whole network of nerdy podcasts. And follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lovethynerd and twitch.tv slash LTN on air, where you'll find game streams, live podcast recordings, and more amazing interactive content. LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents, and we won't be mad. Just disappointed. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and we are going to be taking a look at mental health issues through the lens of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its characters. Now, first of all, spoiler alert. We will be talking a lot about uh, key story elements of several MCU properties, today focusing a lot on a series that has just wrapped up, Moon Knight. Secondly, trigger warning. This week during these main segments, we're going to discuss some pretty difficult things that can be root causes for mental health struggles, grief, PTSD, etc. If you are currently struggling to the point where hearing it discussed could cause an issue, you might want to skip these topics. So without getting into the entire story of Moon Knight, uh, let me share some key elements. Have you have you seen, did you watch any of Moon Knight yet? I, no. Not yet? Okay. Mm -mm. It's it's worth a watch, just, okay. just so you're aware. That's okay. We're not diving too deep. We're just using these stories as kind of a jumping off point. So here are some key elements. Uh, Stephen Grant... The main character here, mm -hmm. at least in you know first episode, is a gift shop employee at a museum. However, he is worried that he's leaving his home when he's asleep. So you see him putting tape on his door, sand around his bed to see if there's any mm -hmm. footprints, and he chains his foot to his bed frame. Hmm. We soon find out he has another personality, Mark Spector, and Mark Spector is a superhero named Moon Knight. But we don't really need to talk about the superhero portion. This is more about Steven and Mark. Two personalities in one body. Mm -hmm. Now, again, spoiler warning here. In episode five, uh, they, they have died. They are on a ship. And in this death, they are in separate bodies here. They are like two separate characters okay. in the afterlife. Okay. And on the ship carrying them to the afterlife, they are waiting for their scales to balance in order to, you know, pass on and not get sent to the whatever version of hell they're talking about here. And in order to do that, they have to stop keeping secrets from each other. So it's here that we see 
that Stephen is actually a false personality created by Mark as a child. Mark took his little brother to a cave that flooded, and his little brother drowned. His mother was broken after that and blamed Mark well into adulthood. As a child and teenager, his mother would beat him. He developed disassociative identity disorder to hide from that pain in another personality. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we're not really going to be diving into the the heavier forms of mental mental uh, illness, like dissociative DID uh, and things of that nature, because mainly we're not qualified <laughs> at all right. to talk about that. Um, but we are going to be talking about kind of the baseline mental health issues that a lot of us tend to experience at least at one point in our lives uh, and how we can go about handling those when the situation arise. Um, and even though we're not going to be talking about Disassociative, disassociative identity disorder, uh, what we can still see is some of the same um, methods of coping and methods of denial uh, in this story done in a different way than most people. But still, we see the, 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 the denial, the, the coping mechanisms. He ran from pain, like he wore a mask, uh, and over time, the lie took over as the main personality, which for us... It has been proven that uh, not only the more that you repeat a lie, the more you know people believe it, mm -hmm. but we also, I believe we read this story several years ago, that studies have now found that the more you repeat the lie, the more you yourself begin to believe it. And that's an actual, like, truly, you create false memories, mm -hmm. and you believe you're the case. And so in this case... The more he pretended to be Stephen, the more Stephen started taking over as the main personality, and Stephen was completely unaware of anything else that was happening. Hmm. <clears throat> so today we're talking about hiding pain. Okay. So hiding it, let's talk about uh, denial, first of all. Like, a lot of what we're going to talk about this whole week is going to have to do with celebrate recovery, I'm sure, because that's our main connection to most of these issues. I told somebody the other night that I don't have denial. I'm nowhere near <laughs> Egypt, so I don't know why people are like <laughs> pointing fingers at me. How how would I steal a river? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't have it. I don't have your denial, okay? Jeez. Mind your business. <laughs> I don't have your denali either. I don't know. <laughs> um so for those of you who are, I mean, I'm sure y'all, everybody's heard that line of denial ain't just a river in Egypt, but uh, I'm sure that some of you might not really know exactly what that is, but uh, at the simplest form, denial is just simply pretending something is not happening, mm -hmm. uh, pretending something doesn't exist or that something never happened. And uh, going along with that... Um, Going along with that, that the more you tell yourself the lie, the more you believe it thing is uh, when you're in like a recovery process, and I know this is kind of mainly for addiction, but this is addictions really are the, uh, what was it? The, they're not the root. They're the, they're the plant that's growing. Mm -hmm. The root is usually stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so... With denial, the more you tell yourself the lie, the more you ignore it, the more you pretend like it didn't happen, uh, you can often bury bad memories uh, 
in your mind, especially childhood memories that were bad, uh, to the point where you forgot they ever happened at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, one of the things that we do in Celebrate Recovery at, or any 12-step program, really, is step four. And step four is the, the make it or break it step. It's the, the one that separates the people who are, you know, just flirting with the idea of doing this whole recovery thing or who are really here to get it done because this is a painful step. This requires you to go back as far as you can remember in your brain and literally write down every memory that you have. Every every interaction, every time that you've hurt somebody, every time somebody's hurt you, mm. all of that. And one of the big warnings is as you're doing this, you're likely going to uncover memories that you haven't thought about in possibly decades um, and that you've forgotten ever existed and you need to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me uh, when I went through step four, I, I uncovered uh, issues that I had with, with both my parents, especially my mom from when I was a young kid that I had never even thought about. I'd never even put them together as to this could be why. Mm-hmm. And it forced me to have to deal with them. And it, it, it helped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does help, but it's uh it was such a weird thing to have a memory just show up out of nowhere that the day before I never would have been able to come up with. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's denial on like a large scale. That's like the effects of denial. But uh, even just simply like fighting with your spouse in the car, driving to church, and then the moment you walk through the church doors, you put on a smile and y'all are happy and y'all are a perfect couple. That's denial. Mm. In anything that you're stifling the truth... <laughs> to to put on a better front, whether that be for the benefit of others or even for yourself, is ignoring a problem, pretending a problem's not there. Mm-hmm. And you can't heal a wound by pretending it's not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think um, for myself, I... This is going to come across as like my nose stuck up in the air Um, and it's not how I mean it, but I am typically a very open person, a very upfront person, and I can also be kind of confrontational sometimes. What? Um, No. So mostly in my life, there hasn't been a whole lot of denial. Sure. Because I've typically addressed things. Typically wear wear your heart on your sleeve. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for a long time, I can remember thinking that person is in denial. Seriously. Why can't they see it? Why can't they understand? It took me realizing that denial is in fact just a coping mechanism. I have very different coping mechanisms as to how I deal with trauma. Mm -hmm. However, denial is a coping mechanism. And that's just simply how some people are wired to deal with trauma, you know, um, it's not greater than or less than my coping mechanism. It's just, it is what it is now in order to fully face things. And in order to fully get healing through whatever it is in our lives, 
we have to step out of that denial. We have to be willing to kind of just like stepping out of a box. You know, you have this little box that you kind of feel safe in. Mm -hmm. If anything bad were to happen, you can just hunker down and close the box up around you and you're good. You're safe inside there. Your little box of denial, right? The only problem is also inside that box with us is all the trauma and all the hurt. And if we want to get through it, I don't like saying if we want to get over it. I don't like that term. If we want to get through it, we have to address it. And addressing the denial is step one. Have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I've, I've, this is one of the life lessons I mention on the show all the time, but it's the, uh, it's the idea that we have to get past our fear of the unknown. Because Into just like you unknown. said, <laughs> just like you said, you could, you can wrap yourself up in that little box, but that little box is made of your misery. Yeah. That little box is you being miserable and you're always unhappy in that little box. But there is a certain level of comfort and safety and safety in knowing what to expect from this box. You might hate it, but it's the same every time. And so there is that level of comfort in that weirdness. Stepping out into the unknown (laughs) uh, (laughs) is scary. You have no idea what's coming. Now, God is telling you that if you surrender this to him and step out and let him start to use this for something better, that it's going to be better in the end. But you don't have that guarantee, you know, comforting your brain all the time. Mm -hmm. You only have what you know. And what you know is this misery. And so it's, it's almost more appealing to just sit and be miserable for the rest of your life than having to step out and deal with this because mm-hmm. it is going to be painful for a time. It's going to be very uncomfortable pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. And that scares a lot of people off. Well, yeah, because likely whatever it is that they're in the, in denial of has caused them massive amounts of pain. Mm-hmm. And so the thought of, I have to deal with more pain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I'll just stay right here and continue dealing with the pain that I've already dealt with. Right. And I'll be fine. Yep. That's absolutely right. But just like you said, that is that is something you have to go through mm-hmm. if you want to come out the other side. And coming out on the other side is always, always so much better. You come out the other side stronger, wiser, and ready for the next time something bad happens like this. You'll already have plans in place. You'll already have accountability in place. You'll already have all these methods ready to go and know exactly what to pray for and all this. But it can't get anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't take that first step out of denial and deal with it. So in the story in Moon Knight, in this, it took almost the entire episode to get to that point where Mark would allow Stephen to see what happened and how Stephen came to be and all this. Like it, it was painful for Mark because Mark wanted to protect the character that he had come up with to protect himself. Hmm. He wanted to protect his coping mechanism. There are a lot of coping mechanisms, just like you said. A lot of us turn to uh, addictions of one kind or another. Uh, whether that be something as bad as, you know, like actual 
hardcore drugs, you know, meth, cocaine, things of that nature, or even as seemingly less bad surface level. Yeah. Surface level, like shopping, (laughs) spending too much money, which is something that I've dealt with. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite the dopamine hit to uh, fill up that Amazon cart. (laughs) And so I get it. Mm -hmm. That's how I, uh, that's how I garnered several hundred pops. And lost several thousand dollars for my family over the course of several years Mm -hmm. because that would become my coping mechanism. And I wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even think about it. It was happening. Not thinking about the consequences, not thinking about the debt, not thinking about any of that. Just like, hey, this makes me happy. It must be good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's that's biblical. And that's the same mindset that everybody has with whatever addictions you have. Like this is this is taking my mind off the pain. So it must be good for Mm -hmm. me. Uh, in the long run. And really, it's just delaying, 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 delaying the pain. And you can do that your whole life. You really can. But that also means you're not growing. You're not going anywhere. Life's not getting any better. It's just staying at the same level of bad. Mm -hmm. And it can get a lot worse, especially depending on the addiction. Actually, no. Pretty much anything you can be addicted to can get a whole lot worse. I don't know why I'm giving it a qualifier. All of it can get a lot worse if you let it get out of hand. Because yeah. most addictions are progressive, if not all of them, are progressive. Um, when it comes to, like, substance abuse, um, it, I mean, we can even use just cigarettes as a, an example. Everyone who smokes cigarettes knows that the longer you smoke the more cigarettes you have to smoke in order to get the same feeling that you got from half of a cigarette when you started. A first-time smoker does not start out as a a five-pack-a-day smoker. Right. That's so many cigarettes. (laughs) But my brother would go that far. Yeah. My brother could get through... Uh, half a carton in a day, yeah. which I think is six. I don't know how many it is. But I think it's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, like, I, I can't imagine what you, and how do you have time to do anything <laughs> at that point? It's just constantly smoking. Well, because they're but doing other things that's while true, they yeah. are. There's yeah. it's no more going outside for a smoke. It's yeah. just now you live in it. Yeah. Um, but like every, every addiction like that is progressive. Uh, pornography, shopping, drugs, alcohol. All of it gets worse and worse. You justify it little by little over time, and it becomes you. You become synonymous with your addiction. You become synonymous with this coping mechanism. Uh, And so, in a way, you are creating an entirely different personality than who you were before this started Mm -hmm. and living in that instead. Yep. So, what do we do about it? What do we do? Well, this is step one. Uh, Stepping out of denial is important. So I guess the the first step here is just to realize that you're in denial. Like if, if we're talking right now and you feel like we're talking about you, we probably are. So that's okay because we're talking about ourselves. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Multiple times in our lives. (laughs) So to get to this point, if you're struggling with something, If you're addicted to something, if you realize you're using a coping mechanism, then seeing that, acknowledging that would be, you know, your your first shuffle here on this road to uh, recovery. So we encourage you from here to just make that little step. Admit that you're dealing with something to somebody in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Could be a pastor, somebody you trust, somebody who's safe. But admit that you have a problem and that you don't know what to do about it. And that's okay. You don't need to know what to do about it yet. But just coming to the point where you admit that there is one and that something does need to be done. That's a good starting point. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of different aspects of this and it'll kind of might follow a a path a little bit on uh, where you can go. Um, But that's all for today's discussion. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about heroes in crisis. think of our topic this week. Is there something we got wrong? Something we forgot? We would love for you to give us an earful. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and message us in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on the socials at the Backrow LTN or leave us a voicemail by calling 575-562-8052. What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we want to share our poll for the week. Inspired by our news story for today, we asked, what's your favorite bag of chips from a vending machine? (laughs) So I gave you four options. Lay's, any flavor. Doritos, any flavor. Cheetos, any style. And Funyuns. What do you think the number one answer was? Doritos. Correct. Really? 40.4% said Doritos. Uh, Of these four, they would be my third pick. Cheetos would probably be my last pick. No. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. Funyuns, number one. Funyuns, number one. Cheetos, number two. (laughs) Lay's, number three. Doritos at the bottom. I I might even just walk away from the vending machine if it's only Doritos in it. So anyway, Doritos came in first at 40.4%. Lay's came in second at 27.7%. Cheetos in third with 19.1%. Funyuns came in last. That's very 12.8%. It is very, very disappointing. disappointing. That is the best chip. KY, KY messaged on, on Twitter that the best one wasn't on there but didn't share what it was. But she's sharing what it is now in chat. And she said Ruffles. Ruffles. I assume she was a sun chip person because she seems like a sun chip person to me. You are stereotyping <laughs> right now in the biggest way ever ever why because she homeschools why because she's a redhead why because like uh, you know what i think maybe the homeschool thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> homeschool people eat more sun chips i'm pretty sure that's a fact <laughs> she, she i does. actually almost put sun chips yes <laughs> validation <laughs> oh that's fantastic <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I tweeted. Yes! Oh, you see? See, sometimes stereotyping pays off. Why? Because he's right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. Love oh, you guys. Man. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Matthew 4, 4. He answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for Love Thy Nerd. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.